How are you? It's so good to be here. Y'all, I have come and, can I move this? I hate podiums. Um, I've been here multiple times and it's always a pleasure to come and to be back. Um, and I was thinking when they told me that I would be in the living room, I was like, wow, I actually get to be in the living room this time. This is a first. Um, so anyway, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having us. I, I would love for this to be as much of a dialogue as much as, as me just, you know, standing up here and talking. So I feel like we as parents learn from each other. Um, and so please chime in. If you have any thoughts or anything to add, um, come and, and let's let's do this thing together. All right. So when Cameron asked me to come and speak, he asked me to do a topic on um, something having to do with social media and technology and that kind of thing. And I had previously done this or a version of this at Canterbury, where we took what is going on with teens, social media phones and seeing what that kind of impact is having on dating relationships as an adolescent. Um, because dating is totally different than it was when we were there. Um, so it's been a really cool exercise for me to kind of go through and learn some of this stuff for myself. And, and I hope to impart some of that for y'all too. You know, I think phones, texting, all of that stuff is always controversial you know you're no matter what you say there's going to be some kind of controversy that goes along with it so i think though it's pretty appropriate because if you think about every generation every generation complains about the younger generation right i mean i was i was thinking about it my dad grew up in um old montgomery montgomery alabama at the height of, of civil rights. And so thinking about the things that his family would complain about, gangs, drinking, cigarettes, you know, mom, my mom grew up in the 50s and her, her parents complained about Elvis and rock and roll, you know, things like that. What about y'all? What are some of the things that y'all's families complained about? Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, good. Absolutely. It's it's interesting to think about. You know, I, I don't think it's something that we pay a whole lot of attention to until we're faced with that question. But I think that cell phones and technology is the thing that we complain about the most about this generation. So when they get here, they are going to be like, oh, my gosh, my mom had tracking devices on my phone. Can you believe it? And we're like, yeah, we're keeping the tracking devices, right? So every generation, we got to normalize this just a little bit, all right? Every generation complains about something, all right? And they've actually found some really great things that have come out of social media. Um, there was a study done in Britain back in 20, 2010, and that study revealed that language skills have actually improved significantly since we've started using more phone, texting, that kind of thing. Because kids today are so much more engaged in the written word. I mean, you think about it, all they're doing is reading all the time, you know? And so it's actually helped improve the language skills and the reading ability. Um, 
they found that it provided a lot of emotional relief, especially to kids who are introverted, ones who struggle with social skills. They found that there was a 20% decline in angst and depression for kids who have been engaged in some kind of social media after they have texted somebody or talked to somebody too, all right? So that's a bonus. It helps kids stay in touch with other friends from all walks of life. I mean, when we were growing up, pretty much your friends were who you went to school with and maybe who you went to church with, you know? But now we have kids who, if they're not really clicking at school or fitting in, they can stay in touch with their camp friends, you know, or their cousins, things like that, that really broadens that social network. So there, there are some positives that have come out of that. That's, that's the encouraging part. Now, question for y'all. How many texts would you say that your child sends and receives in a given day? What's your guess? 200. 200, okay. Are you including like the social media? Yep, all of them. What's your guess? 200. 200, 200. yeah. All right, well, here's news for you. Case Western Med School came out with the definition of a hypertexter. A hypertexter is a child who sends or receives 120 texts a day. So if our kids are sending out and receiving about 200, they would all be considered in the category of hypertexter, all right? If you're a hypertexter, you are, hold on to your seats, 43% more likely to binge drink, 55% more likely to fight, and are you ready? 93% more likely to have four or more sexual partners. Whew. It's a big deal. So while there are some positives, there are also a whole lot of drawbacks. We've seen the levels of narcissism increase greatly because of course everybody wants to know exactly where I am at any given moment and what I look like and who I'm talking to and who I'm with, right? Everybody does, surely. Everybody's so important, I'm so, it's a big deal, right? So the rates of narcissism have increased, porn use has absolutely increased, and the counterbalance to that, typically for females, is that body image has decreased. So while porn use is increasing, body image and to me, those are hands down linked together, no doubt, all right? So we have to be aware of that. All of that leads into the relational impact that um, phones and social media has had on teenage dating relationships, all right? So I've broken this down. These are some of my insights, some of the things that I've noticed in working with kids over the last couple of years. And so I have taken what I have noticed, and have you all read Tim Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage? Okay, it's excellent. If you, if you, if you want a really good, even for singles or anybody, it's a great book. Um, but I took some of the, the 
highlights that that I took away from his book, The Meaning of Marriage, and kind of compared those to what I've noticed about social social media and dating relationships. So we're going to break it down to before the relationship starts, during the relationship, and then after the relationship. All right. So before the relationship, there is this standard, and it's called the filtered standard. Anybody guess what that means? Filtered standard, yeah, absolutely. And it's that standard of this is who I am. I call it the Christmas card phenomenon. Think about it. Every Christmas card that you get, does it show kids that have, like, thrown up on you? Does it show the kid the day that you, like, went ape, you know what, on everybody, you know? No, it doesn't show that, right? This is that filtered standard of my life is perfect and my kids are perfect, right? We all do it. Let's be real. We all do it. But the difference is, as an adult, we have the brain development to recognize that, yes, I do this, but it doesn't mean that that person is always like this and doesn't have a bad day. All right. Adolescent brain development hasn't happened yet, not until about the age of 25. All right. And so for an adolescent who sees these images, it's assumed that this is real life, you know, and that maybe on some conscious level, they know that surely this person still has a bad day. But in reality, the struggle to make that connection is very real. And so it really increases that filtered standard panic even before the dating relationship starts, right? Because now they have set the standard so that when they're in a relationship with somebody else, they have to maintain that. It's that constant pressure to be that perfect Christmas card, okay? There's also, before relationship starts, there's stalking. I mean, there's not really another way to put it, but the the notion of a blind date does not exist anymore. There is no such thing as a blind date. There is the stalking of, I'm going to find out all that I can about you to ensure the success of this date. I'm going to find out what you like, what bands you like, where you want to go what kind of food you like. I'm going to find out all of this stuff without actually having to ask you. So it's kind of like rummaging through somebody else's medicine cabinet to find out what, what, what pills they're taking without actually finding out from them the information. All right? It's finding out a whole lot about somebody that you weren't necessarily invited. Granted, if they put it up there, it's a given invitation. But even before the relationship starts, there's this sense of stalking because I want to make sure that this is fine. I want to make sure that this isn't awkward. Okay? So that's before the relationship starts. During the relationship, all right, we as parents have to recognize that if dating is designed to lead to marriage, we have to evaluate the potential effects of technology on dating because what it boils down to is intimacy. We know that in a marriage relationship, 
the heart of that relationship is intimacy. And so really what I want us to do is to look at what impact intimacy has on relationships when technology is involved, all right? There's a big difference between feeling emotionally intimate is not the same as being emotionally intimate, nor is feeling familiar the same as being familiar. That's a quote that I got somewhere else and I don't remember where, just laying that out there. All right, I'm gonna read it again. Feeling emotionally intimate is not the same as being emotionally intimate, nor is feeling familiar the same as being familiar. And that's what happens with these relationships on technology. They feel like they're intimate, but they're not actually intimate, right? You feel familiar, but it's not the same as actually being familiar with somebody. It's a very, very false standard of a relationship. So one of the things that Keller talks about in his book, The Meaning of Marriage, is how marriage is a covenant relationship. It's a vertical covenant relationship between us and the Lord, but it's also a horizontal covenant relationship between us and the other person, right? And so we have to trust that if we're going to be in that covenant relationship with the other person, we have to trust that they are safe enough for us to be intimate with, in which case we can tell them things, we can be our true not filtered standard self, and they're not going to walk away. They're not going to leave. That's that essence, that safety that marriage provides. But with, I call it techno dating. With techno dating, that doesn't <laughs> exist. The, the spontaneity that can come in an actual relationship, it doesn't exist. There is such a sense of, I gotta know what to do next, that handling an awkward silence moment is too painful for kids. And so what do they do? Immediately they're pulling out their phone in order to avoid that awkwardness, okay? And so it's helping them understand you gotta be vulnerable. That's what marriage, that's what dating is about. It's about being vulnerable with that other person even when I don't have anything to say. You don't have anything to say, but that's okay. We can rest in that because we're in this together, all right? It's helping them deal with that awkward silence and not always wanting to seem occupied, right? Have you noticed that? Even if kids don't have anything going on, a lot of times they're pulling out phones. We do it too, to pull out phones. And, and it's this desire to look like I've got something going on, you know? Because that fear of not looking cool is just too great that they can't handle it. And so it's lacking that trust in that covenantal relationship, that horizontal covenant relationship that I'm okay enough to let you be okay with me, all right? And so that's what's la one of the things that's lacking. Another thing is that, you know, God designed marriage to be experienced through our senses. Think about it. 
God designed marriage, we get to experience relationships through sight, through touch, even through smell, right? We get to experience relationship through our senses. Well, what happens to a dating relationship when it's a techno dating relationship? When the whole relationship is through a phone, those senses are not engaged. They're not at all engaged. Um, there is no more eye contact with the significant other. There is no, oh, you're having a bad day? Let me reach out and, and just kind of be there, right? All of those senses that are typically engaged in the way that God designed marriage to be are lacking because there's this barrier between the person, the two people, the, the phone is that barrier. Um, also because the conversation in a techno relationship, the conversation continues on and on and on and on. When you think about it, there is absolutely no time for teenagers in a relationship to miss each other. There's none. I have literally, I'm not, I'm not kidding. This is not facetious. I have had clients too that I can name come to my office with anxiety because they're dating somebody and the boyfriend wants to hang out on the weekend, but they are so freaked out to go hang out with the boyfriend on the weekend that they're coming to counseling. <laughs> right? And we're like, what, what are you doing? Well, as we've talked about it, it's because they have nothing to talk about. They are literally in each other's pocket all day long. There's never any time to miss each other. You see how those senses are not engaged. It's never this sense of, wow, I want to be with you. I'm excited to see you. I have so much to tell you because all day it's a constant dialogue. All right. So relationships are very much lacking. Um, in the same way, how sex has been completely distorted. What used to be, what God designed to be, sex designed through the senses, right? Well, now sex is over a phone and it's not at all the way God has designed it to be. And so we have these kids who are engaging in sexual conversations that are totally inappropriate and totally missing the mark because again, it's not rooted in intimacy. It's lacking that piece of we're in this together. We're committed to each other before God. We have made that covenantal relationship. And so the whole notion of sex has been so totally distorted. It is now a very self gratifying thing instead of an other gratifying thing. That's how God designed sex to be. It's to be, I want to gratify you not what am I going to get out of this? And the problem with technology and dating is that it's super self-gratifying. It's all about me, 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 my time frame, what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I'm going to say it. All right. Keller said that spirit generated selflessness is not thinking less of yourself and not thinking more of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. 
That's good, isn't it? That kind of sums it up. It's not thinking more of yourself or less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. And that's what we run into with a lot of techno dating relationships. There's not that sense of, let me think about myself less, right? Because anxiety is heightened. It's, oh my gosh. When we, thinking about anxiety, anxiety a lot of times is a very real thing. I'm not minimizing anxiety one bit, all right? But a lot of anxiety can be subsided when we help a person take the focus off of self and start turning it outward into how can I help you? So much of anxiety is rooted in, oh my gosh, what's happening to me? This is a panic. I'm not safe. I'm not okay, right? That's a lot of the root of anxiety. And so the same is true in these dating relationships that when they become so self-focused and self-absorbed, the anxiety is heightened in all of them, all right? Also because you think every other dating relationship that that person has been in is now memorialized on Instagram or Facebook, right? So even though you and I are in a relationship, I'm gonna go back and look at your past girlfriends and I'm gonna see all the things that y'all did together, and I'm gonna see how pretty she looked at prom and how great her dress was, and I'm gonna compare that. So all of a sudden, the anxiety in these relationships has just gone skyrocketing because we have so much else to compare it to, all right? So it's amazing that the past always seems perfect, you know? And that's what we're faced with with our kids. They're also faced with the expectation that I deserve an immediate response. There's no more of this, I want to be thoughtful about our conversation. I want to take some time and process what you've said. I want to pray about it. I want to think about it. But you think about the times in marriage when you have just spouted off things at your spouse. Typically, how has that gone? In my marriage, not great, you know? Whereas when we're able to give each other the freedom to take a step back and say, I love you, I wanna think about that, and then let's talk about it. it tends to go a lot better, right? But with techno dating relationships, our kids have read receipts, you know, on the phone. Do y'all know about these? So it shows you when the person has read your their text. And so immediately it's this, why have you not responded? What is wrong? I know you read it. I know you've seen this. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're just, oh, you're just not going to respond? Okay. And so there's not ever this thoughtfulness and this intentionality that goes into relationships, which again, heightens that anxiety that our kids are feeling. It also, with kids too, I'm trying to teach appropriate boundaries. When I have kids who come in my office, I think a lot of times there's this struggle of what is an appropriate amount of disclosure. What we found is with techno dating, people are typically willing to disclose a whole lot more personal and private information 
than they would if they were engaging those senses in eye-to-eye, face-to-face, right? And so one of the things that I work with kids with that is, is a great tool for you to help your kids too, I think about disclosure like a jacket. Think about it as a jacket that zip up, zip, right? When you meet somebody, you can unzip that jacket just a little bit, zip, and you share that much information, okay? When you start to trust them, you realize, again, they're not gonna walk away because we're in a relationship. Then you can unzip your jacket a little bit more and reveal a little bit more about yourself, all right? That way, if you get hurt, if you feel like they are not a safe person, now that I've disclosed this much, then I have the freedom to zip my jacket back up a little bit and it's kind of not as big of a deal, right? Whereas what we're seeing with techno dating relationships is a lot of times even before the official thinging or dating relationship starts is that kids are unzipping zip, their entire jacket and exposing all of this very personal private information about themselves so that when they find out that this dating relationship isn't working, well, they got a whole lot more to zip back up than they would if they would learn these appropriate boundaries of what to share and when, okay? Next, Keller talks about how marriage was designed for us to not just confront another person, but really marriage was designed for us to confront ourselves. I mean, how true is that? Those of us who are married know what a humbling experience marriage is. I mean, it really brings out the like, oh God, in ourselves. When we're really willing to be brutally honest and look at it, that's what marriage does, all right? And so it's, it's a matter of confronting ourselves. Now, with techno dating, we have what's called a twin texter, all right? And the twin texter is somebody who is very sweet to your face, very kind to the parents, yes ma'am, no sir. But then behind technology, they exercise what they call online muscles. And suddenly they become this whole different person. It's the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. And they are way more aggressive, way more sexually explicit, very, very different, all right? The thing is, with marriage, we're confronting ourselves. We have another person there who's confronting us, and we're able to look at our own stuff, all right? But when it comes to online or, or techno dating, that need to confront ourselves isn't there. Because what seems to be in a relationship with somebody is actually a pretty private thing. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, I'm not having to actually deal with the consequences of the statements that I just said. So instead of having to confront ourselves, we are seeing that in techno dating relationships, there's that lack of um, self discipline. Okay. I think five minutes, shut up, really? 
All right, we'll go fast. <laughs> Man. All right, we'll go fast. Uh, really, I have one more that Keller talks about the essence of marriage is mutual grace, right? It's I'm going to do things in my marriage to my husband that are not okay. I'm going to hurt him, and he's going to hurt me. But as Christ showed us grace, we are going to show that then to the other person and have that sense of mutual grace, okay? It's being wronged, but looking the other person in the eye and saying, I forgive you, and genuinely forgiving the way Christ forgives, okay? What we're seeing with techno-dating relationships is that addressing conflict with the other person is very thwarted in that they don't know how. They don't know how to have a conflict relationship. They don't know how to fight something out and show mutual grace at the same time, all right? It's, they're willing to say some really mean, hateful things. You'll see this even when girl-girl relationships, friendships, other relationships too, not just dating, but sometimes they will say the most hateful, horrible things that they would never say in real life. But somehow that that sense of mutual grace isn't present there. Um, we're seeing a, a poor overall communication skills that a lot of times, I mean, and we think about the impacts not just in dating, but think about when your child goes to a job interview. You know, I mean, even things like making a phone call. Some kids are super awkward at making phone calls because they don't ever do it. I mean, even doctor's appointments, a lot of them you can just get online and do it. But the implications of this go so much further, especially when it comes, though, to mutual grace and learning to fight fair and um, deal with conflict. We also have to recognize that in those techno relationships, there's really zero privacy. That there will be screenshots taken of every conversation and there is nothing that's off limits to somebody else. Whereas in real life dating relationships, it's just the two of them. We also are seeing an increase in aggression, whether it's passive aggressiveness or actual aggression but both of those have been heightened when it comes to techno relationships, all right? Um, after we break up, after the relationship ends, we see a lot of them going back in a cyclical way, back to the stalking stage, back to the reliving, oh, remember when we were doing this? And it's very, very difficult for kids to get over dating relationships because everything has been commemorated. You know, I mean, every day of their life has been another picture and another memory. And so with um, texting, too, it makes it so much easier to maintain a relationship that has ended, but they're not ending it because they're still texting all the time. And so getting over a relationship is even more complicated and more difficult. All right. I'm going to wrap up. Um, it's not going away. Technology dating, it's not going away. So I think what's important for us as parents is to teach our kids what true intimacy looks like. And that's why I really do think that that Keller book is a great book for you to read now and help your kids understand, hey, when you're dating, it's to lead to marriage. This is what it's supposed to look like, all right? And so we need to do and evaluate 
are the relationships that you're having online matching up with how the Lord has designed marriage to look? All right. I'm going to pray. And that way, if you need to leave, you don't feel weird. Okay. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for uh, letting us come together and, and hear your word. And I pray that you would bless us, that you would go before us. Lord, have mercy on our kids. Father, wrap your arms around them and protect them. Keep them safe. Protect their eyes. Protect their ears. Protect their bodies. Lord, I pray that they would look to you for their strength and for their significance. We ask all this in your name. Amen. If you have questions or anything, feel free to stick around or we can talk.